Three, two, one. Wait, we're not, yeah, we're not gonna sink it. We never actually sink them starting. <laughs> Could you imagine if we did that? <laughs> How much easier life would be? <laughs> this is like a running bit we've been doing about the fucking sink, but now. Here's the problem, is that this is going to be the first episode where I can't use copyrighted music because we're actually going to upload it. So I have to give a little bit of an explanation. Which sucks because new people are not going to know any of our running jokes. I'm going to have to remaster all the old podcasts so everybody knows what's going on. If you just find some like really bad music, or just you make the music. I could make the music, but that's like a lot of work. <laughs> no, watch, watch. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, like, news opener. Right? You know, like, when they get the spin yeah. globe Alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to He Actually Did It, The Absolute Madman. I am your host, Matthew Sapaniak. I am joined by my other host, Dominic Palmer, and my not-so-common other host, Desmond Metzger. This is our first official episode, the one the public gets to see. The other four episodes are lost to history and will probably never be seen again. That is disappointing for you. This is the podcast where we honor the greatest madmen in history by telling their stories the way they ought to be told. For context, for the people who haven't watched our show before, this is being produced for University at Buffalo's Digital Broadcast Journalism class. Part of our assignment for this week is I need an expert. Desmond is the closest thing <laughs> to an expert that I know that would also be on this piece of shit show we have created. <laughs> Desmond, tell them what you're kind of an expert on. So I'm in no means an expert on law. Not true. But I am. He is a lawyer and he's offering you legal advice. I am not doing that, but I am. I, I will consider myself a, uh, a semi-professional <laughs> expert on uh, the absurdities of law. I'm not a lawyer, by the way. Just to clarify that, I'm just in law school. <laughs> well, I sent Desmond one of our previous episodes to get an idea of what the structure was like, but since he It was did... really good, yeah, it was... I, I yeah, enjoyed I, it. I, we sat down and listened to it together, just yeah. kind of going over, you know, the notes and everything, just hitting the right I like your scale that you have going on. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but... So since he didn't actually <laughs> listen to it... I can't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> Since he didn't actually listen to it, I figure either me or Dom will start, and then Desmond will go, and then one of us will finish it off. Dom, why don't you tell us what our theme is for this week? Today our theme is everything lawyer-related. We're talking court cases, we're talking individual lawyers, we're talking weird witnesses. <laughs> Wait, does anybody actually have any weird witnesses? No. We're not talking weird witnesses. We're <laughs> crazy courtrooms and weird lawyers. I want to, before we get too into this, I want to give an honorable mention, which we haven't done since episode two. Didn't we do one this last time? No. Oh. I think we did. <laughs> I th you know, I think he's right. Yeah. I, think he I didn't even send you last episode. Was that not episode three? No. Oh. I want to give an honorable mention to the people of Hartlepool, England, who participated in an animal trial. So for those of you who do not know, animal trials were popular in England as well as other parts of Europe. Up until like the late 1800s, animals were being put on trial. At this time in Hartlepool, this was during the Napoleonic Wars, there was a French ship. And on this French ship, there was a monkey. And this monkey was dressed up as a French soldier because the sailors thought it was funny, they think. Which, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. However, the ship ends up crashed. Everybody drowns. The only survivor is this monkey, and it ends up in Hartlepool, England. Now, reading from Wikipedia, the quote is, 
the people of Hartlepool had never seen a monkey or a Frenchman before. <laughs> So they assumed this monkey was a God, French you spy. You <laughs> <laughs> did a lot to happen all at once. <laughs> they assumed the monkey is a French spy. They put him on trial. He refuses to answer. They torture the monkey. I need to. I want to be a lawyer. Do you know how they tortured the monkey? I have no idea how they tortured the I monkey. I really hope they like just smashed bananas like Gallagher style in front of them. They didn't know what monkeys were, but they were like, yeah. I know this guy likes bananas. He's, he's always looking at the bananas. He's in a room, he's looking at the banana. I don't Maybe, trust him. but the monkey starts screeching and screaming, and they're like, that's French. He's a French spy. So then they hang him. They hang the monkey. What? Do you know what kind of, was it like a real little monkey or like a real like big monkey? I, I don't, I can't figure out, I, I, can't. I do not know, but a there's Victorian a Victorian era <laughs> village is just smashing these <laughs> fucking roots. That would be the end of that village. I don't think they have anything to stop no, a gorilla. You, what are you going to do? <laughs> You're going to stab with a sword right. and gorilla arms. Yeah. I don't know how big the monkey was, but there is a statue in Hartlepool and it's a statue of a real small monkey. God. It's, 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 you know what? It is better. The smaller the monkey is, the funnier it is, I think. So they hang that monkey, and the people of Hartlepool are now affectionately nicknamed Monkey Hangers. And there's even like a little folk song written about hanging monkeys. That you're going to sing for us, right? Do you want me to sing the Hartlepool Monkey Hanger song? Could you imagine a scenario that I said no to that? <laughs> In former times, mid war and strife, the French invasion threatened life, and all was armed to the knife. The fisherman hung the monkey o. The fisherman, with courage high, seized on the monkey for a spy. Hang him, says Yen, says another, he'll die. They did, and they hung the monkey o. They tried every move to make him speak. They tortured the monkey till loud he did squeak. Says Yen, that's French, says another, it's Greek. For the fisherman had got drunkio. <laughs> He's all o'er hair. Some chap did cry, even up till some acute and sly. With a cod's head, they then closed an eye. Therefore, they hung the monkeyo. And that's the end. That's how they hung the monkey. Tears. With that out of the way. Why did they? <laughs> why did they hang the monkey? I don't know. They were drunk. And he was French. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like even if you just found a French dude, you wouldn't just torture him and then hang him. Like, what if he started screeching at you in French? He and was stabbing him with hot, like molten. No rod. bananas. <laughs> yeah, we did say it was gal because the image of them torturing a chimp is kind of like horrifying. Yeah, he was dressed as a French soldier. Just so it couldn't have been like a real uniform, right? It had to it had look cobbled together, right? Like, I don't know. Like all patchwork and well, shitty. The English kind of hated the French. They might imagine that the French couldn't figure out how to put on their uniform. Plus, he had just been in a shipwreck, so. They turned into a monkey. You know, they, yeah. <laughs> I get that they don't like each other, the English and the French. And I, I get that it's like a couple hundred years of them not liking each other. Why? <laughs> It's so dumb. Like, England was... Yeah, I get, I get Scotland. I get fucking with Scotland. They're right there. And, and fucking Wales, they're also, like, just right there. We get across, like, a whole river, and then you gotta go through, like, like a lot to get to Paris. Sometimes you just want to take people's shit, Tom. Yeah. I mean, someone, like, next door had a bunch of gold, and they were like, but you can't take this gold. Come try it. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. Are you, like, that. a cat <laughs> No, but, like, they're offering you to come in, like, 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 egging you in. Yeah, I wouldn't. You gotta pay for law school somehow. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> honestly got truth. You're a cat burglar? I neither confirm nor deny. Do you do the cat ears? Neither confirm nor deny. Do cat burglars wear cat ears? Yeah. I don't think so. Why are they called? There's gotta be a court case. I don't wanna that. talk about why they're called cat burglars. I don't know, but like. Well, dumb. 
Why don't you tell us about your madman for this week? Vincent LaGuardia, known <clears throat> like as Vinny, like to pretty much everybody he knows. You know, he's a he's a young personal injury attorney from Brooklyn. Now this is in the '90s, I think '94. He finds out a relative of his is booked for murder in a Alabama, Alabama prison. Alabama prison. <laughs> Based on very circumstantial evidence, that evidence being their car was seen speeding away from the crime scene. It's a murder of a cashier at a small, like, side-of-the-road gas station kind of thing. Wait a minute. Is this my cousin? God Eddie? damn it! Subplot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I got... <laughs> fuck, did you? Yeah, it, it was, it's my cousin Vinny. I was trying to see how much of my cousin Vinny I could pass off. <laughs> Not a lot! Well, I wasn't sure if you guys had ever seen it. I they literally have like a big poster in the law library, so it's like a separate floor for law students. In case poster of my cousin Vinny. <laughs> and Why? Because like, that um, movie's fucking great. Don't, yeah. even, don't even talk bad about it. It's like it, a few like, good men and my cousin Vinny are like the Keystone law movies. That's true. Yeah, I get that. Both sides of the spectrum there. Yeah, they're, they're not <laughs> extremely Wait. different. They got my cousin Vinny in there, but not 12 Angry Men? Are nope. jurors? No. Is it 12 Angry Jurors? No, it's 12 Angry Men. But yes, they are jurors. Oh. But the title is 12 Angry oh. Men. Nope, it's just my cousin Vinny and then a few good <laughs> men. That's all you need. That really is all you need. Yeah. My cousin Vinny is a comedy! A great one, I think. Yeah, but this is, this is where the expertise comes in. Does it ever break, like, lawyer? Is I, a law. I, I, would, I would say I learned place? more in my cousin Vinny than I did in my torts class. So if that, <laughs> that gives you guys anything. Okay. I don't know what torts means. It's like like civil law, basically. Okay, okay. Yeah. So full full yeah. class, like yeah. full semester of that compared to two hours of my cousin Vinny, I probably learned more in my cousin Vinny. Do you see that, Mr. Lamb? Do you see he's an expert? Don't fail me, please. <laughs> <laughs> he knew my cousin Vinny and, my, and a few good men. <laughs> That's like, that's like the two lawyer ones. Do you have something actually real to talk about? I hope not. Uh, <laughs> I have a super weird U.S. Supreme Court case. Is it with Vinny? No, oh, it's okay. with Peaches. Ah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. so just some background. Just kind of what the events leading up to the court. I mean, the court case itself isn't that wild. What the court case was was kind of interesting. And I would appreciate a lawyer's kind of viewpoint on this because there is still today a bit of like back and forth about the legality of the whole thing. Because well, he is a lawyer and this is legal advice, so. <laughs> yes. Not, no disclaimer, not a lawyer, yeah, no just, way of trying to be just, one. Just real quick, um, any legal advice given on the show is not good. So, you're a cop in DC. You see a crazy house party going on. I'm talking things being thrown out the window, people just walking in and out as they come, just trashing this house. You go in and arrest them, right? I wouldn't. Well, <laughs> that's the first thing is they knock on the door, the tenant, the <coughs> owner of the house isn't there. Everybody there is either saying they don't know why they're there, <laughs> or a man, actually I think it is a woman, a woman named Peaches invited them to a bachelor party. It's I like that legal defense. I don't know why I'm here. No, I have a quick aside on how good of a legal defense that is. They, they, they get like a good like 20 of them or so together, like these people that are partying. And yeah, many of them are just like, I don't know, there was a party going on. I just walked in the door and started getting drunk. So the cops, they eventually single out the one woman who like knows Peaches. She's like, yeah, I know Peaches. So not, not Peaches, just knows who Peaches is. Knows <laughs> to the extent of that she has her phone number okay. in her phone. Nobody knows who Peaches is yet. Nobody has said Peach's actual name. 
I think they actually did give a secondary name. I love, like, the fake names that, like, people give in cases. <laughs> well, while he's looking it up, why don't you explain the, uh, I don't know why I'm here defense. Yeah, so a great, uh, local New York case is cop pulls over a car that's speeding and driving erratically, assuming that they're drunk. So, it's like 4 a.m., cop walks up, shines a flashlight inside, no one's in the driver's seat, three people are in the back, passed out. He had kept a line of sight the entire way, so he was 100% sure that nobody, or that nobody got outside of the car. Ghost drunk driving. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he wakes them all up, and they all said, this isn't my car, and it wasn't any of their cars. I don't know how I got here, and I was just sleeping in the back. We were coming from a party. And the court went to try them, and were like, they got us. Because they couldn't <laughs> prove that any of them were drunk driving. Just that, because they couldn't charge all three of them, and they couldn't charge one person, so they, they just dropped the case and they won. And so really, don't use this, this is not legal advice to not drink and drive, but it works. If you ever drink and drive with people in the back, yeah, this is just a really hop in the back, hop in the back and say you don't know why you're there. Remember kids, drink and drive <laughs> with like, your friends, not alone. Yeah, just... <laughs> or, I mean, hell, the way you're saying it, like, you just need, you can just hop in the back seats. I don't fucking know. Like, like I ran. Like, nothing matters in there. That sounds all like bullshit. I, you know, I agree. I 100% agree. But it's just the idea that, like, they couldn't prove that anybody was behind the wheel, or which one of those three were behind the wheel, so you can't just charge all three people. This is why I don't trust the government. That, that's, such a, that's such a flimsy... Like paper thin. Sure, but like, how how do you give them? How do you prove anybody was doing it? Like, you know, one of the three did it. But you can't charge you know two that... innocent people with a crime. You know. This is why you don't trust the government. This sounds like a case where the system worked and the government couldn't arrest people. It was it was kind no, of no, thing where there definitely was a drunk driver. <laughs> correct. Yeah. That just left for free. Well, yeah, but like, if a house get robbed, there definitely was a burglar, but you can't just arrest anybody. What's interesting no, is the know, police had to like interrogate them a little bit, <laughs> and like they didn't crack. Like, they were all just, they knew the prisoner's dilemma, and they were like, no, we're just not gonna talk. Everything's fine. No. If nobody gotta, talks, we all walk. <laughs> I got a disagreement with you, Matt, because it's like if, when Desmond's cat burgling his neighbor's house, <laughs> and they arrest like two other guys that also have crowbars and like night vision goggles, and they're dressed all in black with like the ski mask, if they arrest three of them, they're not going to be like, oh, well, who could tell? This doesn't sound like a burglar, goodbye. that sounds like Splinter Cell. No, but like either way, that's like, there are two people were being responsible, and like, I can't drive, and the one guy was like, I can drive, don't worry. Turns out he couldn't. The other two people were too drunk because they were passed out to really know. And then the third asshole was actually driving, was smart enough to jump in the back and act like he was sleeping. I don't know. I don't, I'm shocked God, that's that like, like they had that forethought. And that, I have seen a story where a guy was drunk driving, got pulled over, and was like, fuck, what do I do? Panicked and just started stabbing himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulled out a Swiss army knife and just stabbed himself. And when the cop came up to the window, he's like, I'm trying to get to the hospital, please. <laughs> And he got like a police escort to the hospital where they patched him up and everything. See that so, that that defense wouldn't work in court though, which is interesting. No, well that's the thing. It, it wasn't ever taken to court, right? Yeah. So it is kind of off topic, but the, it was relying on the cop instantly going, "Oh shit!" Yeah, big deal. And then he's not drunk. He's just you know stab wounded. Yeah. <laughs> like you know. Does can you dispel a myth for me? Because sure. I hear this repeated all. The, I hear a lot of things I don't believe repeated all the time, especially by college kids. So the idea that. No, what you do, bro, if you're ever pulled over drunk driving, you keep an unopened beer, and then you wait for the cop to come up to the window, and then you open the beer and start drinking it, because he can't prove that you were drunk. 
before you open that beer. That sounds nope. retarded. There's like yeah, three that's, reasons. That yeah, that's exactly. Thank you. One, they wait 15 minutes and then oh, tell, stop drinking the beer, wait 15 minutes, give you breathalyzer. Two, they could just say he had an open container, KQ. Three, and you could say, they they say, oh, you're, I think you're drunk, do a test. You say, I don't want to do the test. And then you immediately lose your license for a year and go to court as aggravated D, uh, DWI. I mean, <laughs> that just puts you in a worse situation. No, I got a question, Desmond. I saw an article saying sometimes the breathalyzers aren't always calibrated correctly. Would I have any legal leg to stand on if I was offered a breathalyzer by a police officer and I said, you do it first and I'll do it? <laughs> That'd be really interesting to see. Because like, legally, he can't be drinking. He's right. on the job and he's driving. Yeah. I'm assuming. But, like, give it a puff first. Yeah, I don't and, think, and I don't think that'll work. Point two, yeah. With you blowing it off, sir, maybe subtract point two from my score. I think it, yeah, I think you'd be better off not saying anything and just wait until the court case for the lawyer to say, hey, when was the last time this was calibrated? And then it was like a year ago, and they're like, well, it's not calibrated, so you can't. It would be, no, it would be it's not that they haven't been calibrated. It's like they just kind of give these breathalyzers to these local PDs, mm-hmm. and they, don't, they have no idea how to use them. They know how to like operate them, but that's it. They don't know how to calibrate them or take care of them properly, so they're just blowing like .2 out of nowhere. I think the court would probably say at that point you should probably, if you're that worried about it, there's other options. Like you take a blood test at the police station and that would give you... Usually when you take the blood test, though, they assume you're refusing. If you refuse a breathalyzer... Right, then, then they bring you to the police station. The license, yeah. yeah. Which would suck. Yeah, which you could say, I'm not refusing, but may, I don't know, actually. If that but that's what I mean. Like, I could be like... I didn't refuse. I just said the cop got to do it first. I think, to be honest, I think the courts usually are deferential to police and they'll probably... Well, the cop's refusing a breathalyzer. Shouldn't he lose his license? <laughs> <laughs> no, because... I don't think you have the authority to breathalyze. arrest. What authority did he get? We live in a society, man. There's rules. You are correct. We live in a society. Tasty. The Peach's other name was Tasty. No, for sure it wasn't. I swear to God. People were, people were saying taste. Okay, is, is she a prostitute? Uh, stripper. Okay. Yeah, specifically. There was... So just to kind of describe the disgustingness of this house, um, while the cops were arresting people, many of the people refused to sit down on the ground because of how just buck wild it was in there. <laughs> there was a naked woman found with like six men upstairs with a bunch of used condoms on a, just a mattress on the floor, which is like... You know what? Good for her. Yeah, getting like, they use condoms, I guess. <laughs> sure, like, Gangbag at like a meth fuel house party doesn't seem like ideal to me. But... This is in DC? Yes, this is okay. in Washington, DC. <laughs> yeah, our, our nation's capital. I wonder how many like, politicians' kids were actually at this party. God, I hope George W. I Bush really, was there. You gotta think a lot. <laughs> this was the 90s, right? Um, well, she had a cell phone. Actually, uh, 2008. Sorry, yeah, March 16th. God, I hope George W. Bush was there still. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, in a cat. Right? <laughs> so, the cops get the one woman to call Peaches. She answers, and they go, hey, you gotta come, like, deal with this. Like, this is your party, you gotta come take care of it. And she, she just goes, no, hangs up and throws her phone. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Peach, Peaches, never to be seen again. Yeah. That's the end of Peaches in this story. <laughs> like, she, she organized a party, everyone got arrested, and then they just left. Yeah, that, that was the best thing for her to do, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, no, it's, it's solid. That's a good thing. What the main point of the, the court case, though, was, did the cops have any legal right to enter the premises and arrest the partygoers? Since it wasn't their party, even though it was, it, it was also not their home. Right. And there was no immediate signs of an emergency. 
for the cops to warrant coming in and arresting everybody. There was a smell of marijuana in the air, but I, th- I think cops have like marijuana in their mustache because they're always like, <laughs> they're always the excuse. Oh, oh, you smell that? I'm gonna search your car real quick. Like you're not a fucking dog. Get the fuck out of here. So I was wondering, Desmond, from your lower expertise, do you think the cops had a leg to stand on, barging into a party and arresting everybody? It wasn't their party, and it wasn't their house. So, w- were they allowed in by somebody? No, they just they just kind of let themselves in. Yeah, That's where the I main mean, con- contention is. Yeah, I think if we excluded the weed smell, I would say no, but I would assume that's what they like, based Is that not is. criminal trespassing to just enter somebody's house? See, they're allowed to enter any premises if... Oh, you mean the people? Yeah, I mean the people. Yeah, no, that's what they were arrested for. Okay. Yeah, they, they weren't just arrested for... Having a fun time. Having, like, it's not the foot, the foot, Footloose Town. What was the town of Footloose? <laughs> what? You love Footloose, Desmond. What was the town? I've never seen Footloose. You watch Footloose like once a week. Uh, you're right. You, you literally me. have Kevin Bacon's face tattooed on. You're right. Like, I don't want to. Like, let's not get into semantics. Anyways. Um, but like knowing how these type of cases normally go, I'm just assuming that the cops had were in the right according to the court. Does it matter that the owner had passed away? She left it the house to her grandson. Peaches. No, not Peaches. <laughs> just just a random guy. This okay. was who Peaches was renting it off of. Even though. It was a very recent death, and the kid technically had claimed legal ownership of the like home, even though it was in her will to give it to him. Yeah, now you're including property into that. And oh yeah, no, it, it's like a really confusing. Yeah, that's why uh, I made, there's a reason they made it to the Supreme Court. Right. Like, <laughs> well, if you, a first thing you got to ask yourself is, did they have probable cause to like? And I guess we'd say the probable cause would be the marijuana smell. At that point, I, I think that they're just kind of allowed to do what they want, and then just gonna see how it goes from there. But my Fourth Amendment. You don't really have have a Fourth Amendment right. No one does anymore. Bad news, babes. So the official stance of the high court agreed with the the police officers. And this is, I'll just read the the full quote. Taken together, the condition of the house and the conduct of the partygoers allowed officers to make several common sense conclusions about human behavior. Because most homeowners do not live in such conditions or permit such activities in their homes, the officers could infer that the partygoers knew the party was not authorized. Yeah. So, I guess they could see inside, because they could see what state the place was in. Right, so they could see inside, and if there's anything illegal happening inside, they're allowed to just bust right in there and do what they want. But they didn't see anything illegal. They smelled marijuana, and they saw beer and liquor. And they saw, apparently, the floor covered in used (laughs) condoms. (laughs) Upstairs. Upstairs was covered in used condoms. Downstairs was just covered in, like, filth. Just general filth. Okay. I'm wondering what, oh, okay, so at that point, they just, they made the inference that there wasn't, that the house wasn't owned by any, like, anybody, and they were just partying in the bed yeah. house. Well, they walked up to this party, and they go, hey, whose party is this? And everyone kind of went, I don't know, and someone <laughs> in the back went, a stripper named Peaches. Yeah. And then they go, whose house is this? And everyone went, I don't know, including the person that said Peaches. So, right. like, but that's the thing, they didn't find that out until they'd already come in. It's, it's like, a, it's a, just a big mess. Yeah, it's a, basically, it's a big mess. warrants aren't really a thing anymore, and then, so it, it comes down to, like, fourth minute being based on reasonableness, uh-huh. and if you think that they were reasonable, which it sounds like that the court thinks that they were, then they're fine. Yeah, fair enough. Should I do another one, or should we switch? Wait, who's your madman? There was none. Oh, that was, I was, I, I got a he crazy just... court case, and then I got a crazy lawyer. Yeah, go on to oh, that. Oh, sorry. Okay. We're going to call that another honorable mention then, I guess, because I thought this was the story. Okay. I got a young man named Vincent <clears throat> Le- oh, God, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lawyer that kind of explains why people sometimes don't like lawyers. Thomas Lowe Bills. It's Thomas L-O-W-E Bills. 
Like Go Bills? Bills. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I didn't read his name first. They kind of threw me for a loop. He was a divorce lawyer, and over his years, he had many clients, and many of those clients, purely the females, just the females, he seduced, which is he banged them. He just banged them. <laughs> he happens which, way more than you would think. I think it happens a lot. Weird. That's like, like that's not not okay. <laughs> Well, it, it's like you got ten thousand dollars in legal fees. You're a poor divorcee. How are you gonna pay oh, for it? So that's interesting. Interesting, you would say that. <laughs> so you think he slept with these women to reduce their bills? Yeah. Incorrect. He charged <laughs> these women his hourly rate every time he had sex. With oh, them. what a fucking Chad! So <laughs> it, it's illegal, right? I'm pretty sure it's illegal. It's hundred percent illegal, and he should be disbarred, or <laughs> probably is disbarred from that. Right. My thing is, if you were doing this and you knew it was illegal, because he, he had to know it was illegal, right? Knew it was illegal. The paper trail is a bad. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Why? Are you he like, wasn't just like, hey, give me a hundred bucks. This was like in the bill, <laughs> and it wasn't like coded. It was like the exact. Two hours of penetration, half an hour of cunnilingus. It wasn't fully itemized, but it was... There was literally one that said meetings, and it was in quotation marks. <laughs> like, 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 on, face on, there. on his receipt. On his receipt that he made. Um, this guy's just having a riot with himself. That's ballsy. <laughs> so, you get the bill. You're the woman. First instinct's probably just to stop. There was one woman who... She found out he was charging her for sex, and then continued to have sex with him, and continued to pay money to have sex with him. And then, Mr. Lowe's wife finds out. I'm just realizing his name's not Bills. They did a bad capitalization in the title. What? His name's Lowe. His last name's Lowe, I'm sorry. Wait, how did you get Bills out of that? No, his Bills is the word after, but they also capitalized that. Oh, okay. oh, okay. I'm sorry, everybody. His name's not Buffalo Bills. His wife finds out, I mean, because you're itemizing. Oh, he's married. He had a wife. He got banned, and the judge said, forever. For, from now on, you will not practice law. And that lasted 15 months. It was a short forever. He gets reinstated as a lawyer. And then a couple years later, he buys a bunch of coke for his client, like cocaine, not Coca-Cola, cocaine. Right. Uh, and then he does it again. He bills him for entertainment expenses. He's once again found out and is like, what? What year was this? Uh, the coke was in '97. It's a good year. So how old? Do you know, like, I mean, like, what year? You know how old the guy is or anything? Uh, let me Google it real quick. Actually, I'm not, I'm not saying like, the article. I'm picturing how law school is right now and imagining this man functioning in any type of structure like that. <laughs> well, no, I, I think he did very well because he... Um, so he was just smart and living life like fast and loose. Is yeah, that he, was, whole thing? he was like, he was buying coke and banging divorcees <laughs> and just like having a good time. And he was very structured. He, he knew what he was doing because he built them. Because, <laughs> you know, of course you need to. He wasn't smart enough not to put meetings and quotations though. I do know 80s lawyers were specifically wild because after talking to some of them where they were just like, those were like the coke and uh, drinking days where like most lo- a lot of lawyers are alcoholics and then in the 80s they kind of just incorporated coke in it for a while. 80s is a good year to do coke. I think, I think everyone was doing coke. Yeah. <laughs> I think like it was just across the board. We had, we had a judge come in who was saying how he, he was an alcoholic, he was railing coke all the time nice, and he nice. was banging a supermodel Nice. And he didn't have a law degree. 
and he was a judge. So he's elected judge, no law degree. He's having, living a wild life. And then he was like, yeah, then I got sober and got married and now I'm a lawyer and got my law degree. And then he kind of looks sad. Is he, the first, <laughs> is he the first person ever to go from judge to lawyer? No, there's people like, that do that. Okay, I feel like it was very much usually the other way around. Which but. makes sense. Can I just be a, a judge? You could be a judge if you want. You gotta get elected. I could just, yeah. I, no, no, I get that. Yeah. But like, it's not like the president. I don't have to be like born here and be 35. No. I can just... No, local elected judges are the stupidest things that they let you do that. You really you get to decide the law. I no 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 man. I would be the law. <laughs> <laughs> I would be judge during execution. That's is is this a good transition ominous? for the uh, Rochester judge? Thing? I think it's a great transition. Yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on before we do. Oh right. On a scale from crazy bloke to insanity incarnate, where do you want to put lawyer and judge low? If I was to itemize him on my bill, I'd put him as a real fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will take that. All right, Desmond, you're up. All right, so this was in, I believe, like 1968 or 19, like early 1970s when this case happened. The, can we just say for the sake of it, the porn judge was in 1969? Sure. Yeah, so in 1969, uh, this investigator comes into his judge's chambers. Let me just preface this by saying that the judge is not named in the court case. And the specific area which the court existed was not named, so that way the judges made fun of, and uh, it was more like professional courtesy. If you want to look it up, you can, but I don't really know how you find it. I'm con- I'm honestly considering making a Freedom of Information Act request because I want I want to know who this guy it is. It doesn't seem like a living representative of the law can just be like, I'm not putting my name on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems super sketchy. Like, so he uh, so the investigator comes in with a. Uh, Two videotapes, and he says, hey, I think that these uh, tapes concern, uh, contain obscenity. And obscenity laws were basically are almost like never enforced, and the way they're enforced is that the uh, magistrate has to look at the like material and decide whether or not it's obscene. The quote is, nice, nice. I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I can't define obscenity, but I know it when I see it. Exactly. Uh, Supreme Court judge was, but I think it was a Supreme Court judge that said that. But yeah, so he comes in, and they sit there, and for about two hours, they watch these videos. Two dudes. <laughs> so, two dudes just... sitting in a law room, watching <laughs> porn together five feet apart, because they're not gay. Wait, were they trying to figure out if porn had obscenity in it? If these ones, and what I'm assuming they mean by obscenity is, I don't know if it would be, if they were focused on, like, homosexual obscenity, or if they oh, were focused, okay. but, like, they didn't specify that. Because I was going to say, they could just read the back, probably. This is your reminder that sodomy was illegal in Texas until, like, 1997, I think. I think it was later than that, I think it was 2001, like, Lawrence v. Texas. States, I think some states it might still be. No, they federally <laughs> made it, so it can't be. They, they, oh, yeah, okay, Thankfully. Yeah. Because I remember hearing, like, like Arkansas, it's still, like, you can't diddle. <laughs> I don't like that phrasing. I don't like the phrasing diddle. Well, just, you know, get a little, you know, take the take the dirt road. Hershey Highway. Put those co- rocks on four-wheel drive and gets a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and, uh, so that was, yes, that was I, I guess. Yes, I have rocks. But actually, at the same time, it could just be that uh, it was, like, a small town area, so they might have just assumed that, like, they might have assumed, like, any type of porn is obscene. I don't really know. Yeah, no. I don't know, like, if maybe if it wasn't missionary, I don't really understand how that, like, how this judge does that define obscenity. Apparently, there's no definition, yeah. so... <laughs> so, so anyways, uh, judges are really busy people. Like, they're, it's hard to make more than 20 minutes at a time to, like, meet with a judge to go over a case or something. Right. So it's insane this man just sat down for two hours and watched this. I could, I just picture him, like, going to his uh, clerk and be like, clear my schedule, and it walks back in the room. 
Is there a twist where it turns out these guys just like watching porn together? We're getting there. Oh, <laughs> did I spoil it? So, nope, nope. <laughs> so, Judge says, this is obscene. Where, where'd you get it from? And the guy explains the shop he got it from. It's called Loji Sales. And he was like, okay, uh, let's go there. And so he, the judge drafts the warrant with a bunch of fill in the blanks and says, I have to go myself because I define what's obscene. So I need to watch all these and define whether or not they're obscene. Wait, can you write, as a judge, can you write a warrant for yourself? No, you can't. No, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's part of what this so is much about. about law. <laughs> so he fights a fill in the blank warrant, gets six other investigators, and roll over at Loji's house. So there's a single cur- like clerk in here, and they walk in, and there's just seven of them all together, six investigators and a judge. I hope in rope. I really hope in <laughs> I don't think they can leave the ticket off. <laughs> uh, the judge first goes and starts looking over magazines, and I think they specified that he spent no more than one, uh, two minutes and no less than one minute on each magazine. Seems like a while to just flip through a bunch of I agree. <laughs> Uh, then they went to like these individual rooms where they had like videos playing and he watched all the videos that were playing through each room for at least I think it was like between five to ten minutes and then he started going over to the video section he started watching each one for about 15 minutes and eventually the clerk comes up and says you know if you just look on the cover uh, you kind of get the gist of what the show's about or what the, about what the movie's about and then he said no I have to watch these <laughs> and then went back to watching each one for about 15 minutes I, so, that doesn't sound like a lot until you consider this is a porn shop. Yeah, yes. That's a lot of fucking DVDs to be watching. So this porn, this poor clerk was just sitting here as these police raid his fucking porn shop. And Judge just jumped, jacking off in the back room. Wait, is he sitting on like like one of the like the the demos for like the GameCube? He's sitting on the floor like with the, the TV behind the plexiglass watching or something. I hope I, I kind of want to hope they like wheeled something in, but I'm sure they like probably have yeah, a AV card. <laughs> uh, all in all, they confiscated 800 different items of porn. Eight. That's a lot. Of porn. Think how long that would have took them to go. That's eight. That's. 800 times even like a minute. That's a lot. That's yeah, a lot that's of time. A, that's a lot. If Pretty. even half of that was DVDs, that's 400 DVDs. Well, I'm, I'm about to pull out the calculator. If he spent 15 minutes on each of those, that's 100 hours worth of porn he watched. That's yeah. insane. That means they had to come back. Yeah, 100 <laughs> hours worth of porn. That, but and like, I really hope it was all one go. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, call up the wife. Uh, honey, this is a really important case. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here all night. <laughs> so this is sounding more and more like, you know, you know, like the, they have the old history books talking about two, like two writers and two artists that, oh, they were both guys, but oh, they were like roommates. They, <laughs> yeah. they were real good friends. They bought each other gifts and wrote each other letters, and it's like they're really trying to just not say they were fucking. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, is, that's kind of what I'm getting that, from this. Maybe this, I, you know, I'm like just really. Maybe it was like his first time watching porn because like an old judge, and he was just like, "Wow, this stuff's great. Where can I get more?" He was like I'm an old guy like, discovering that Playboy wasn't the premier way to get porn anymore. The internet existed, and he just lost his fucking mind watching all this porn. I think I'd like to think of him as just a guy sitting there going. Man, I really fucking hate being a judge. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna watch a lot of porn. He had cases. He had to have had cases that day. He had to. Because he was in session. Yeah, yeah, you can't just be a judge and just be like, okay, I'm gonna take a week. So like, they had to push back. Imagine being like the, like your defense attorney, or like no, imagine being defendant. You're in jail. You're waiting to like for 
for bail. Yeah, wait, or not even that. Like you're waiting for like you're you're going up for sentencing or something, then you can get out. It's like a minor charge. Like, oh, sorry, man, you're actually we scheduled it back a week from now because the judge had this really important case he had to take care of. <laughs> and then like a month later, when you're out, you figure out that it was just, the judge is off watching porn. <laughs> Does my speedy speedy trial right apply if the judge is beating? <laughs> If that's what's happening, I wonder if there was something where like it was like a few days off. I also wouldn't violate it, but it would be it would be interesting. To just Wait, make also, that. why was he doing? Like, I get he was trying to find out if there was obscenity in it. Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they, he wanted to they wanted to confiscate it all and charge him with like obscenity against obscenity laws. You could just buy porn. <laughs> Like, that's a lot of porn. This is coming from a guy who recently had to shovel porn out of a, like, condemned house. You can't just say that and not explain to the audience who you're talking about. I'm not gonna name names. It's a real person. Yeah, all these are real people. Well, yeah, but, like... Okay, hold on. Desmond, on a scale... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Crazy bloke to insanity incarnate. Where do you want to place Judge Anonymous? Porn addict count? Is that somewhere on that scale? So, it's somewhere on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that works. I think I'm on the yeah. lower end. It's definitely a, a crazy, yeah. a type of crazy. And you can't, I don't need to watch 800 porn videos without being a little... Can you think about that, actually? That like that just takes a lot of, like, strain on your eyes. I'm gonna call like, logistically. Now, I can't th- figure out if it's funnier if he did it all at once and just, like, spent the week watching all this porn, <laughs> or if for, like, 20 years after work, he just played one. <laughs> one. <laughs> like, he just kept... Babe, like, I swear, it's day, for work. Every day, he just played one, and that's it. And he just had his routine and spent 20 years of his life. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> You need to explain. I'm trying to think of a funnier. You just you yeah. just referenced shoveling gay porn. I, you have to explain it's who to it do is. With the show. Yes, it does because that was a fucking madman. Well, you okay. had a real life experience with. I was recently paid to clear out a condemned house of a guy who. What's his name? Let's just call him Fred. Fred Gross. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that's a that's a very good fake name. <laughs> um, Fred Gross was a man who in his later years of his life kind of went batshit insane. <laughs> True. Um, he had 13 cats in a very small cottage that he would just dump cat food and cat litter on the floor for them to pee on. Like, you could see the progression. Like, there's piles in the corner, and, like, it slowly comes across the room. Like, I, 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 did a, I spent a lot of time in this man's Sounds awful. life. <laughs> so, there's piles of cat shit and piles of cat, like, old cat food and cat litter that I'm just shoveling. And I start to come across pornography. <laughs> uh, specifically gay pornography, not that it matters, but pornography nonetheless. Not that I... And I get it, you know. Like, this, he's from... He's old, so he, he thought physical porn was still the thing. Until... There was just more and more and more, and like stacks of magazines and piles of DVDs. Literally, I was I was at one point shoveling gay porn out of this dude's house with like a shovel, like piles of it. And at one point, I found a dead cat that was really horrifying. And Did he get paid a lot for this. He got paid fifteen bucks an hour. Man, do <laughs> better than this. Yeah, but I, I needed the money. I'm just talking just just gay porn and cat shit and dead cats. And then I found something scary. Something genuinely scary. 
under the piles of his baby photos and his correspondence with, with other of his baby, what? His baby photos. I, he I, had his own baby say, photos. Are you sure it's his, it was him though? Like, yeah, they were they were labeled. So okay. partially. When I say I knew a lot about this man, I also knew he, he in 1987 he had an art show in Des Moines because he was an artist. He had, underneath the piles of his art and his baby photos and his correspondence with gay men from Paris, I found not one, not two. But three separate pairs of clown shoes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they weren't they weren't bowling shoes. I mistook. <laughs> they were like big, you know, big round toe area with like like all colorful. I I never. I don't like it. it was bad. <laughs> there was there was a person that lived in the same town that I lived in that had mountains of gay porn and clown shoes in his house. <laughs> I think I found John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> Wait, he's the one that dresses a clown and eight people? Oh, you remember that clown thing that was happening a few years ago? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was him. Mm, I don't like that. <laughs> but no, the reason that this house was such a... And I know it's off topic, and this is just the conclusion. The reason, I, I should say the reason this was, house was such a hellhole, especially, was because he kind of just... His, his family came, they, they're, they're, he's, they're from Florida, and they saw what he was living in, and they're like, okay, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take you down back with us so we can take care of you properly. Sure. Probably. Uh, what do you do the 13 cats? Uh, if you're Fred Gross, you just lock the doors and dump some food out. That was his... They're like... Are you serious? They just... He had 13 cats. They just closed it, left it. A month later, the RSPC came and rescued a couple of them. Definitely not all of them, because I found a couple of them. <laughs> they they did rescue a couple of cats, though. I want that to be known. It wasn't just... That's good. Dead I mean, cats all over. There was just a couple dead cats here and there. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? I don't Dominic know. on a scale of crazy bloke to insanity incarnate. Where do you want to rate Fred Gross? Do we have to? I don't like that. Yes. <laughs> uh, I would I would put Fred Gross at... Ugh. <laughs> just, like, come on, dude. I don't think he deserves it. Like... <laughs> So I guess we're Why moving on. Why do you spend so much time? Do you want me to about do the other one then? Yeah, you know what? Talk about that one, and then I'll move on to my thing. All right. So this guy, his name is uh, James. So James' wife recently passed away, and uh, as it, his wife passed away, and she, he had life insurance out on her, oh, so he collected right. the life insurance, and with that, he opened up a business. He employed one employee, and her name was Mary, and Mary and James were kind of a thing. So they were banging. But James was like. I don't want to marry you, but I want to marry you legally. <laughs> this did not set off a red flag for her. She was like, yeah, sure, fine. Right. Uh, so they got married legally, and then he took out health, or life insurance that paid out double if the death was an accident. Fun, fun. You know, so no red flags, yeah. <laughs> James has his friend uh, Hope, and Hope is a cure of like certain types of things that are hard to get. And James is like, hey, I'm going to murder Mary. Do you want to help me? And Hope is like, yeah, I got you. What kind of drug dealer's named Hope? Uh, not a drug dealer. Oh, not a drug dealer. Not a drug dealer. Weirdly enough, she could get rattlesnakes. Snake dealer. <laughs> snake dealer. <laughs> uh, snakes and like weird animals and stuff like that. God, the econ- it must have took a hit when the economy turned. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you had to kill somebody and make them look like an accident, uh, what? how would you guys go about doing that? Um, I would say I slipped on a banana peel and then accidentally... You know, all these dangerous knives, guns, and bombs ended up in my hands and then tossed at the object I am trying to murder. That is genius. That's genius. Um, <coughs> you know what? I'd knock someone out, put them in the front seat of the car, 
and then like jam their foot so it drives them over a cliff. Okay, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, because even if they see like concussion or like I hit him in the head with something, they're gonna be like, oh, he fell off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James would think you guys were idiots because James's idea was to call up his friend Hope and have her buy a rattlesnake. So she ships in a rattlesnake because apparently she can do that. And they tie her. They tie her. the fucking post office? <laughs> you can't just mail a rattlesnake? She'll blow past that like it's nothing. Like, I don't know the legality of it. I don't know how it happened, but she got a rattlesnake through the mail. You sure she needs to go find one? No, yeah, no. Like she, like it said specifically, she knows someone to purchase it from, and then like had it shipped to her. Okay. Sure. You never, you no, never yeah, mail yeah. ordered a rattlesnake. <laughs> so weirdo over I thought, here. I knew you could do non-venomous snakes. I didn't think you could do like poisonous snakes. I'm just sorry. You might be right because when they tied up, uh, they tied up Mary to the bed, and then had the rattlesnake bite her foot, and then Mary survived. Mary, Mary survived the rattlesnake bite. Because apparently Hope doesn't get the best quality rattlesnakes through the UPS. Well, actually, it's, I, think, I think it's something like 75% of bites from rattlesnakes are what's called a dry bite, where they bite you, but they don't actually inject any venom. Why they did, it did inject venom, though. Oh. Was, so, but we'll get to that. But like her foot was all swollen up and everything. Okay. Like it's so easy to die from a snake. <laughs> I'm shocked that they were able to fuck up. <laughs> so at that point, they like they untie her and like fuck. What do we do now? So two days later, after like apparently contemplating what other weird animal they're gonna do, they said, "Nah, screw this." So they just tie her up again and drown her in the lake next door. How does that Max? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think at that point, at that point, they were just like, "I'm tired of this." Uh, and then basically the reason this was even a, a case was because, I guess, afterwards, the uh, police decided to torture the shit out of James until he confessed, and it was a really weird... Oh, uh, that's reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I have to know, is, is the, I'm just going to call him what we're all thinking, is the snake man still walking the streets because of that wrongful... Oh, oh no, he was, he's definitely dead. This was like oh, okay. early, I think it was like 19, like pre-World War II. That raises more questions. Than <laughs> Wait, that. so we're talking nineteen? We're talking like so. There's a man in a suit and a top hat with a twirly mustache going, "Nah, I'm about to be up to some villainy." And then he pulls out a rattlesnake and he tries to kill this, this damsel with it. No, my thing is, they had to, you like I could see an overnight shipping a snake. You're still I on shipping the snake. I can't see putting a snake in a box on a train. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like a month, because that's what it was back then, <laughs> and just hoping it got there alive. Like, well, maybe like maybe it was a low quality snake, and like, or maybe like the tra- the travel made his venom less potent. I don't know. It was like malnourished. They do say if they don't get enough sunlight, they do have less venom as pen. <laughs> Is that actually? Like... Yeah, if you get bit at night, you have a higher chance of surviving. Huh? Maybe that was the reason then. That yeah. was fake. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I ever trusted you, Dom. Yeah, that's fair. Three. I do have a question. What? If you were going to murder someone with an animal, oh what my would God. it be? It's going to murder somebody with an animal? If you had to pick one animal, that essentially, let's just say, you open their bedroom door, throw it in, and close it. Does that have to be an animal you can obtain, or can it just be any animal? Uh, do I have to be able to, to throw the yeah, animal yeah, You have to be able to not get killed by the animal <laughs> okay. before throwing it into the bedroom. Sure. Yeah, you can't just... Can like, it only be one, or can I get, like, a bunch? It's gotta be one. Oh. One animal. Mm. I think it'd be, like, that super one. poisonous uh, frog. Just that, that, oh, okay. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, frogs, yeah. It's not bad. My first Those... thought was a gorilla, though. <laughs> no, yeah. If you could just, like, put a whale on them. And yeah. kill them. <laughs> like, you have to, like, pick up the whale first. See, I would throw a dead puppy in there and then tell Keanu Reeves that he did it. 
That's creative. Uh, but I don't know if that's the animal killing him. I think as long as Keanu Reeves is an animal. Die, <laughs> <laughs> so if I just threw a puppy in there and then shot him, I could be like, ah, the animal. Keanu, Keanu. I feel like he'll get up. I feel he'd be like, no, you shot that. You shot that dog. Cause he's not like dumb in the movies. <laughs> he's not like he doesn't just see dead dogs and start blowing up and like vet off. Whoever's like closest. <laughs> yeah, like what? Well, like they euthanize the dog because it was like had cancer. He starts blowing fucking veterinarian's brains out. Like, yeah, I bet he would. God, there's something really funny about him like holding a dog as it's like it's very sad as it fades from the you know as it passes and then just being like wait it's dead and starts. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Matt, what do you got? What's the, uh... I have the greatest president-slash-lawyer American history it's ever known. I am talking about Andrew motherfucking Jackson. Mine was the Poison Grubs from the, uh, the one of the, the, the Star Wars prequels, so I would just put that out there. Why do you undermine me in this fashion, I just, well, I, won't, I, didn't get, I didn't get a chance to say it. <laughs> you asked the question! Yeah, you guys were talking. Oh my god. Andrew Jackson got his first start being involved in world affairs when he was but a wee lad. He had just turned to the ripe age of 11, and his mom was like, all right, you should go join the militia now. <laughs> that makes sense. Thomas, that's what happened to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah, my parents were like, I'm not paying for fucking college. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> like at 11, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, so Jackson, encouraged by his mom, joins the militia. He and his brother become couriers and are captured by the British. This is during the Revolutionary War. He was captured by the British during the Revolutionary War. This is when Jackson first proves how much of a badass he is. Uh, a British he's officer. A he is a lawyer. He's going to be a lawyer. He's very 11. Soon. <laughs> very soon. Uh, a British officer tells him, clean my boots. And Jackson says no. And the officer threatens him with a sword. And Jackson says no. And then he starts beating him with the sword and cuts him across the head. He was hitting him like the flat side? At first. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I, I just wasn't Yeah, sure, he like, beat him with the flat side. He said and beat him, I'm like, I think that's cut him. stabbing. He did cut him. Yeah, okay. He had a big scar from when he got <laughs> cut as a child. That's the kind of person Jackson was. He really hated the British, really did not like Native Americans either. And the banks. And oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> he didn't like the banks either. So Jackson, he was in the militia. He is freed by his mother. His brother dies in captivity. His mother dies of cholera shortly after. His mother rescues him patriot style. The patriot style. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, Mel Gibson was there. He was act. Mel Gibson was. He was Andrew Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Jackson gets out. He blames the British for uh, his family's death. And he ends up an orphan, but is educated. And he becomes a frontier lawyer. Okay. <laughs> yes, that, that sounds, is a real no, no, no. that's a real term. It was in Wikipedia. He's a frontier it like lawyer. A real term that he made up. <laughs> so he has his cases. Jackson is known for using a lot of profanity in his court cases. Good. And eventually gets into such a bad disagreement with an opposing lawyer, he just kind of says, "All right, fight me." And the other lawyer declines. And he does this a couple of times until one of them says, "Okay, yeah." This particular lawyer was known as an excellent marksman with his pistol. So Jackson's plan is he's gonna let him fire first. I have heard about this. With the plan that, well, he'll shoot quick, so maybe he'll miss. He did not miss. He shoots <laughs> Jackson square in the fucking chest, so close to his heart that the uh, bullet could not be removed. Uh, Jackson takes the bullet, <clears throat> is pissed off, and then turns up and shoots him dead. Now, 
Everybody in town is so fucking mad about this. They call him a dirty cheater and he killed him with brutality that he has to, like, leave town. Here's my thing, though. Like, he did get him. Yeah, he. it like, was a gotcha. duel, though. Like, gotcha. <laughs> he shot him first. I, I think this is a classic case of everybody wanted the crowd favorite to win, and then when he loses, everybody is just looking for an excuse to be mad at the winner. I mean, Jackson kind of seems like a dick, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it is a kind of a baller move, though, to like be like... Let him shoot me and then shoot him back? It's a solid strategy. Anyways, Jackson, he, he is elected to Congress and then to Senate, but then uh, apparently he was so dissatisfied and bored with his position, he resigned without explanation. <laughs> he called ja John Adams a corrupt piece of shit. Okay. Uh, and then he became a judge in Tennessee and then decided he didn't like being a judge either, so he became the commander of the Tennessee militia where he fought in the War of 1812, shot a lot of British dudes. He was, he was still kind of mad about them, about the whole murdering his family and cutting his face thing. After the Battle of New Orleans, his troops were wanting for supplies. They had no food, many were sick. Uh, Jackson, along with all his officers, gave up his horses to let the sick soldiers ride on. That's when they started calling him Old Hickory for his toughness. And uh, this endeared him to the common people. He runs for president and he wins running on the premise that he was going to support the common people, route out all the corruption in government, and also stay within his powers as president. That was his promise. And then... He didn't exactly keep that. Like, <laughs> he didn't exactly keep that. And kick out all the Indians. Like. <laughs> yeah, so the Indian Removal Act was kind of a dick move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whole yeah, trail of tears thing. You, when you call something a trail of tears, <laughs> like, it's like death march, like, so, it's never good. There's the court case of Worcester. V. Georgia was the court case that Jackson made a very famous quote at the end of. This was about whether non-native people could just sort of take land from native reservations. So Chief Justice John Marshall announces the ruling that uh, no, you can't just take <laughs> land from the reservations. Fair. And Andrew Jackson says, John Marshall has made his ruling. Now let him enforce it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's like the most corrupt thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yes. In my life. Like, this was 1832. Okay. I'm, so I'm thinking like Marbury v. Madison is like how the Supreme Court got the this, like ability to actually make decisions on the federal level yeah. and everything. Yeah, maybe he was just pissed about that. Actually, uh, Andrew Jackson right, was yeah. a political enemy of James Madison because Madison was in favor of reinstating the charter of the Second American Bank. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Mm. Oh, I should mention before this, Andrew Jackson has a history of just taken the law into his own hands. There was a time when he was commander of the Tennessee militia that there were two troublemakers, the Benton brothers, and they were supposed to go and arrest them, court-martial them for uh, not doing their duty. Yeah, troublemaking. Uh, Andrew Jackson says... you could just do that. Andrew Jackson says, no, I got it. So he and a couple of his friends go to a bar where the Benton brothers are drinking, and Jackson just starts blasting. <laughs> And then everybody starts blasting. Jackson gets shot a second time in this engagement. He's been shot twice at this point. You'd think at one point. <laughs> he'd stop getting shot? No. We went back a little bit. Like 50 Cent, he got shot a couple times, but it was only one, like, occurrence. Nah, Andrew Jackson just got shot, like, a lot. And he kept getting into fights where he was getting shot. At the end of it, this bullet actually could be removed. And Andrew Jackson mails it back to Benton, who becomes one of his friends in politics after this. That's such a badass thing to <laughs> yeah. do. Like, how would you not be friends with that person after? He, he mails this bullet to him. 
and he says, you left this, here you go. And Benton bails it back, says, you carried it long enough, you keep it. <laughs> Wait, so these guys didn't even die. They he just... No, they just had this brawl at a bar, and they shot each other a couple of times. And okay. that was just it. Oh, you know, boys will be boys. Boys will yeah, be boys. Know, yeah, yeah, it's like you get a little roughhousing going. Yeah, it's... You shoot a couple guys. Andrew Jackson's most proud moment was when dealing with the second American bank, though. He considered the bank to be corrupt. He believed that because most of the investors were foreign countries that it was exerting unnecessary influence on politics. So he, after several meetings, despite Congress's pleading to reinstate the bank, he says, no, you are a den of vipers. I intend to rout you out. And by the eternal God, I shall rout you out. Probably sounded great on that mic right there. <laughs> it probably did. Andrew Jackson finishes killing the bank after he retires his final words on his deathbed when he is asked about what he thought he accomplished in life. His last words were, I killed the bank. And then he died. And that was Andrew Jackson. Oh, uh, another couple quick facts about Jackson I forgot to mention. He was the first president to ever be assaulted. Uh, I believe it was James Madison slapped him and then ran away. Nice. I mean, you gotta imagine Jackson just full sprint chasing after him. Nice. Uh, he was also the first president to have an attempted assassination. A man drew a pistol, shot, it misfired. Jackson pulls his own pistol, it misfires. Jackson tosses it, grabs his cane, and just starts beating him over the head with it. So badly that Jackson had to be pulled off his assassin. <laughs> hey, good... No, not good friend. He was kind of a bad guy. But like, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if I call him crazy. I think he seems like a dick. I mean, he seems like he's <laughs> yeah, not like, a nice person. But he killed the bank, so you gotta take the, the <laughs> good with the bad. Well, it's like Nixon. Like Nixon was like a good president, but then he was he was definitely illegally spying on his political <laughs> yeah. enemy. Yeah, if he just hadn't done that trail of tears, he'd be like being pretty cool. <laughs> well, you, you know, know what? I'll, I'll give you like, this. Some people want to remove Andrew Jackson from the $20 bill. People who don't like him, they want to remove him because of the Trail of Tears. People like that. Yeah, but like, I, that's what I'm saying. People who like him would probably also want him removed from the $20 bill because there's nothing more insulting to Andrew Jackson than to put his face on a fucking Federal Reserve note. <laughs> so I definitely, I am a strong proponent of removing Jackson from yeah, the $20 dude, bill. I'm passionate about Andrew Jackson. It's just like a very niche thing to be passionate about. I am. I, People who don't I'd like say, banks. I'd I don't like I'm banks. I'm very passionate about Andrew Jackson as like a point of interest. Uh, there is the one story about Jackson that I do like a lot, and that's where he was given a giant wheel of cheese when he first became president as a gift, and then it just sat in his the White House for like <laughs> years. Because who the fuck can eat like a, a a wheel of cheese the size of a room? Right. So his wife's complaining about the smell, and he's like, "Okay, fuck it," and he just goes outside. And he's like, or I think he takes an ad in the newspaper, specifically, that said, bring a fork to the White House for free cheese. <laughs> and people just showed up with forks, like strangers. With this, like, old-ass <laughs> cheese? And yeah, and they just went to town. I'm sure it was, like, a cheese that would stay good yeah. if you left it. I don't know I don't know how cheese normally works with that, honestly. I think some cheeses you can, some cheeses you can't. Okay. Shoot up some cheese. I almost I forgot the story about Andrew Jackson's funeral. Um, after he had died, oh, yeah, yeah. Andrew Jackson had a pet parrot that he he kept in the White House. After he died, his parrot had to be removed from his funeral because it wouldn't stop swearing. That's hilarious. <laughs> Solid. Don, you gotta ask the question. Oh yeah, who would win in a fight? No, not that one. <laughs> 
What question? The scale. What's the scale? Oh, right. From 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 crazy bloke to insanity incarnate. Where would you place Andrew Jackson? Um, the hickory stick banker bonker. Because he okay. bonks yeah. on the banker. No, it's not bad. Stick. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Is that like on the higher end or lower end? The scale isn't real. <laughs> it's, it's nonsense. See, I, I assume. No, no, wait a second. Can we map this out? I've been putting them on like a one to ten. No, you had. In my head, I was doing the same thing. Jackson's like in a, like a seven. Okay. I Jackson's a dick, no, but not no, crazy. He's like, yeah, that's fair. He's more I, like a three or four. Because he was definitely he was like coherent, unstable. Yeah. The dude was in like mad duel. Papa right? Doc's probably a nine. <laughs> I I put <laughs> Killdozer at eight. No, that that man was zero. That man <laughs> was the most mentally stable person we have done yet. I don't know. You know the story? Yeah, I know the story. Got, what, what is a man to do, Desmond? <laughs> when affronted on all sides by chaos, what is a man to do but establish order? I don't, I don't think that we're talking about the same case anymore. <laughs> so, the most important question, I think of any of these episodes, who would win in a fight? Andrew Jackson, Thomas Lowe, and... Are you talking Rattlesnake Guy or Porn Judge? Who is your Insanity Incarnate? Or who is your, like... Who was the guy we did the scale for? Judge Anonymous. Okay, the... the Maximus Jackson. Yeah, the porn... <laughs> the, the strongest right arm. <laughs> I, say, I, think, I think Jackson's gonna shoot both of them. No, no. We, I think we his can't. right arm could take a bullet. <laughs> we, 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 always, we always try to be fair with, like, the... St- like, we're, I think we, it, to be fair, we'd have to throw him just in, into a pit with nothing. Oh yeah, Jackson. I still think Jackson's gonna be. If, that, that I could right get, if I could get a rattlesnake guy in here too, he would. He would. He would and wreck. the balls it takes to itemize your own sex life, like. What if Jackson just kicks him straight in the balls? Was Jackson good at that weird fighting they did back then, where they like sharpened their thumbnails? And Rough like, and tumble. Yeah, that fucking. Insane. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, well, we should he probably was. About, we should do an episode about that. Rough and fucking, tumble. That shit's bizarre. <laughs> so there were two means of fighting for the common people. They would either fight by the rules of pugilism or the rules of rough and tumble. Rough and tumble essentially meant there was no, no rules. Rule. No rules. <laughs> I, like, I like saying that. I just like saying <laughs> there that. There was one rule, and that's if you uh, could gouge out your opponent's eye, you automatically won, which is why people were sharpening their thumbs. I don't think it's necessary to that's say weird... automatically won. You just won. The fight. <laughs> like, you can't say, you can't gouge out someone's eye and be like, oh, he might have had it. Not true. There, are, there was a guy in the Old Valley Tudo fights in Brazil. His nickname was Giant Slayer, but I can't think of what his name was. Japanese guy, Giant Slayer, went to go fight in Brazil, gets his eye gouged out, and then fights three more times and takes second place in the competition. They, did they put it back in, though? No. He, he they just left it, it out. But did he, he lost his eye. Did he give an eye patch, like, did give an eye patch um, while he was fighting? I, I think they, like, bandaged it up. Oh, would you really want to fight that guy? Have you seen his eye gouged out? He's like, I'll take oh, you. Oh, no, that's, like, the ultimate power move. Yeah. Like, I would leave. I would go home. This guy wins. Yeah. I would go home in case he got mad afterwards. <laughs> so I think that's about all the time we have for today. Dominic, what's our lie going to be for the next episode? Because we don't know what we're doing next. I can't tease the content. Uh, next episode, we will be streaming to you live from... Well, no. <laughs> what do you mean? He's already a lawyer. Nope. None of that's true. So, uh, uh, two weeks from now, we will be at his bar exam. 
right outside the door interviewing people as they go in, as they come out. I say we will live stream it and you can call in for professional free legal advice from Desmond, which you know, is... I have, to, I have to go to in front of a board of judges who decide whether or not I'm ethical enough to become a... Music for this podcast was provided by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech. Check him out.